It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show for social entrepreneurship and business strategy. Um, if you ever are, are working as an entrepreneur, you're probably trying to figure out how do you get traction? How do you grow your audience? How do you get the media to talk about you? Um, and there's always a lot to learn from other entrepreneurs, obviously. And particularly today, we're going to tap into a lot of interesting inputs from James Swanick. Um, he actually has incredible experience as a ESPN anchor on SportsCenter. He's also, also the author of Insider Journalism. He was a TV journalist for over 20 years, writing for newspapers, magazines uh, all around the world. And he's got tons of insights on how to get their attention, how to get out there, how to up your marketing game. He's interviewed people from like Arnold Schwarzenegger to Matt Damon and beyond. Um, so incredible, incredible experience that we're going to tap into. He's also the founder of really cool products like Swanee's Blue Blocking Glasses that, you know, are to help you sleep at night. Um, and also the founder of the 30 Day No, Al no Alcohol Challenge, which has really taken off and is a, a really powerful and interesting uh, initiative that he's put together. Uh, so lots of cool stuff you could check out. It's at jameswanick.com. And we're going to talk to him more about these things. So um, before we get started, uh, you know, one of my idols growing up actually uh, really inspired me. I used to drive to Jersey City, these long, crazy drives, and I was going to my first job out of college. Um, nothing exciting, actually kind of depressing. And I would listen to Tony Robbins. I mean, this guy has such an incredible background upbringing and motivational story and where he is today is obviously uh, been uh, in the making for decades and he's helped just you know millions of people around the world I don't know if you've seen his documentary on Netflix but it's pretty powerful stuff um, so upcoming this March we do have a really exciting edition of our magazine change creator magazine coming out and we had the the honor and opportunity to interview Tony and talk about some of the the secrets to his success and how to really build your own extraordinary life. So keep an eye out that for that for the middle of March. Um, it's going to be a really cool edition of the magazine. Um, bef so before we uh, get started, I also just want to share one more note, and that is uh, about our updated website. You know, we've made a lot of changes there. We'd love your feedback. There's a contact form on the contact page. Uh, so, you know, let us know what you think, anything missing, anything you love. All that feedback is really helpful. And of course, uh, stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review and um, rating. This really helps keep this show moving. So without further ado, let's jump in and start talking to James and see what he's got to say. Hey, James, thanks so much for joining the Change Creator Podcast show today. How you doing? Doing great, Adam. Thank you for having me. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, I'm excited to chat. You got so much interesting experience. Um, and I just want to kick things off with a better understanding of what exactly you're doing right now. What do you got going on? Yeah, so I help people sleep better uh, through my sleep company, which is called Swanix Sleep. The main product is a pair of blue light blocking glasses, which blocks the blue light from your electronics. And um, that can really help you sleep a lot better at night. And then I also help people 
uh, reduce or quit alcohol. Uh, it's really aimed at social drinkers. Um, I don't pretend to be able to, to help um, you know, alcoholics, but for anyone who, who knows they drink just a little bit too much and they want to break that habit, uh, I teach them how to reduce or quit through my 30-day no alcohol challenge program. So really my, my main emphasis is helping people sleep better and then helping social drinkers reduce or quit alcohol. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's super interesting. And I have to imagine quitting the alcohol has other, you know, life and health benefits for people as byproducts, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just initially took a 30 day no alcohol challenge back in 2010. And my intention was to just go 30 days and then go back to drinking. But <laughs> I, uh, I somehow managed to lose 13 pounds of fat, my skin got better, uh, I slept better, my productivity soared, I started couple of businesses. I got my dream job um, hosting a TV show. I uh, attracted great, you know, a great romantic relationship into my life. And so I was like, well, there might be something about this not drinking. <laughs> Something's working. I, might just, I might just keep going. And I, I literally haven't drunk since. I haven't even had one drop of alcohol since wow. I initially took that, that challenge. And, and I wasn't even a big drinker. I mean, I was just a, just a social drinker, but it was enough, you know, for me to be holding myself back, I guess, in life. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, that's really interesting and whatever works, I guess. But now I look at sleep and then drinking and then, you know, you were on SportsCenter as a host and you, know, you've done all, you have, like, you have a, a series of products that you offer on your website. So you just have like a lot of different things going on. Um, so you had sleep and alcohol, for example. Uh, I mean, where is that? I, mean, I get the drink th drinking thing now, but where's the sleep thing coming from? Yeah, well, I was always just a, um, you know, an okay sleeper, I guess you could say. I mean, I got seven or eight hours sleep a night, which is what they they recommend. But I always still f woke up in the morning still feeling tired, and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, why? I don't understand this. I'm eating really well. I'm exercising. Uh, I'm getting seven or eight hours sleep, but I'm still waking up feeling lethargic. And I started reading these stories about the dangers of blue light, and blue light is emitted from your cell phone, from your computer screen, from the TV screen, from your kitchen light, your bathroom light. It's this artificial electronic light. And what it does is that it, it, when it hits your eyes, it also hits your pituitary gland, which basically prevents your body from creating the hormone melatonin. Mm. And melatonin is what we need to get a good night's sleep. Not necessarily like, you know, length and duration of sleep, but I mean like the quality of that sleep. And so, you know, I, I initially put on these ugly ski goggles that had this kind of like orange lens to it, and that and that blocked out a lot of that blue light, and my sleep improved. I started waking up feeling a lot better, but problem was I didn't want to really want to be wearing a pair of ski goggles around my home or on the the streets of Los Angeles where I where I live. So so I designed uh, a stylish pair of glasses which I which are called Swannies and. Um, the, the, these glasses, you wear them about 90 minutes before sleep and you, the, the quality of your sleep uh, improves. And, uh, you know, thousands of people around the world now are, are always messaging me saying, wow, my, my, my sleep has improved, which is I cool. I love my swannies. Yeah, I love my swannies, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so obviously you got a lot of entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I guess, you know, um, I want to take a step back because I want to dive into the Swannies and stuff like that. But before we do that, can you just give a little bit of background? Like, how did you get involved with SportsCenter? Um, and you know a lot about journalism. You have over, what, 20 years experience between TV and writing and right. stuff like that. So can you talk a little bit about those things? 
Yeah, I'll just give you a really quick snapshot of yeah. how how I got to there. So I, I'm from Brisbane, Australia, hence the the funny accent you probably hear, you can hear. <laughs> um, right out of high school, I got a job as a as a newspaper reporter on a, on a broadsheet newspaper. So when everyone else was partying, I, I went and did an internship, and then ultimately got a job. So from age 17 to 23, I was in the workforce working for a newspaper, writing stories. Then I moved to London when I was 23, and I was there for four years. I worked for Sky Sports, um, for skysports.com. It's kind of like the British version of foxsports.com. And then I did something really stupid, and I fell in love with a British woman who broke my heart. And that was uh, that was a bit of a life-changing moment. I was like, i got to get out of this country. Yeah. And so for no apparent reason other than I didn't want to stay in England and I didn't want to go back to Australia, I just flew to Los Angeles and – I lived in a hostel um, for about 90 days and 90 nights, sleeping in a bunk bed with a bunch of other random backpackers. <laughs> and then I then I said, you know what, I, I like it here. I'm going to figure out a way that I can you know, somehow get a work visa and live here. And so what I did was I ended up being a celebrity journalist. By that I mean is I, I, I interviewed movie stars in Los Angeles. So I, I phoned Warner Brothers, Universal, Paramount, Fox, and I said, hey, how do I interview movie stars? And one of the publicists, a woman called Sony, um, Anna Whelan from Sony Pictures, invited me onto the Sony lot and told me how to do it. And then two weeks later, I was interviewing Jack Nicholson, the, uh, the two-time Oscar winner, yeah, in the, in the Armitage Hotel in Beverly Hills. Um, he was promoting the film uh, Anger Management. It was that oh, Adam yeah. Sandler movie. Yeah. And then I got that article published in a, in a magazine uh, called Loaded Magazine, and then I photocopied it 30 times, and I sent it out to 30 other newspapers and magazines and publicists and said, look, I interview movie stars. I interview Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and the next thing I know, people are messaging me saying, hey, can you interview Arnold Schwarzenegger for the film Terminator 3? Hey, can you interview Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston for well, a long time? What's the catch probably? here? Because, I mean, a lot of people interview movie stars, so why, would, why are they calling this guy James to say, hey, man – can you interview Arnold Schwarzenegger? Like, how does this happen? Well, the first thing is I just got that first interview. I did whatever it took to Cracked get the Jack Nicholson yeah. interview. And so what I did was I just said, I'm going to interview movie stars. How do I do it? Okay, I don't know how to do it. So who would know? All right, I'm going to start with a movie studio. And I literally just cold called movie studios. All it took was for one of those movie studio publicists to say yes, to, to, to give me advice on how to do it. And then all of a sudden... I had the blueprint, right? And so yeah. because I met that publicist pub, publicist in person, she remembered me two weeks later when the junket for anger management came up. And so she was like, oh, I remember that guy, James. All right, maybe I'll give him a shot. And it was like, do you want to interview Jack Nicholson? I'm like, okay. And then, you know, once I'd done the interview, then I had to wait for the article to be published. Then I had to take the magazine article to a Kinko's down on Hermosa Beach where I was living and photocopy it 30 times. And then I had to look up the address of um, Universal and Paramount and Fox and all these other newspapers and magazines and literally buy stamps and, and envelopes and send it to those yeah. magazines and newspapers. And now I have what, what's called authority bias, right? Mm -hmm. Like now I have an article that says by James Swanick and there's an interview of me and Jack Nicholson. And so now people start to take you seriously. It's like, oh, this guy's interviewed Jack Nicholson. Oh, look, he's had something published. Oh, okay, there's his byline on it. Yeah. Okay, right. And so then all it took was just the next one, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then I could go to someone and go, hey, I've interviewed Jack Nicholson and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, right. Now they take you seriously, right? So it's kind of like, you know, on my podcast, The James Swanick Show, when I'm reaching out for guests, like high profile guests, 
I can say to them, hey, I've had Robert Greene on my podcast. Hey, I've interviewed New York Times bestselling authors. And when they see that, it's kind of like by association, they go, okay, right, I'll take this, this person seriously. Right, exactly. I'll give this guy a shot. Exactly. Yeah. And that makes a big difference too. I, I do the same thing with the magazine. As I get certain people on the covers or involved, then I start reaching out to the next set of people based on those successes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I've seen on your on your website, you know, you were talking about um, having interviewing um, Tony Robbins and Arianna Huffington. Yeah. Like they're big names. So all of a sudden, you're no longer Adam Force. You know, you're now Adam Force who's interviewed Arianna Huffington right. or is going to interview Tony Robbins. There's a there's a great movie with Al Pacino um, and Russell Crowe, and, and Al Pacino plays a 60 minutes producer um, when it, they're exposing the uh, the tobacco world. And uh, I can't remember what his character's name was, but he just let's just say his character's name was John Smith. And you know, throughout the movie, he's always ca calling people saying, "Hey, it's John Smith from 60 Minutes." And and the character says, you know, towards the end of the film, you know. I've always been John Smith from from 60 Minutes, but if you take the, the, the 60 Minutes out of that, no one would take my call. <laughs> and it's so interesting, isn't it? It's it's like it if, you're, if you're James Swanick, who's interviewed Jack Nicholson and Arnold Schwarzenegger, then people are more likely to let you interview George Clooney and yes. Jennifer Aniston yes. after that. Yeah, great points, great points. I like to, you know, I think the word around the campfire for that is, you know, stacking your success, like strategically planning and you, and the hard part that you accomplished, which, you know, it takes a little bit. I've been think I've been kind of doodling with an article about the power of being unreasonable mm. and um, how that is. If you told people, I'm going to go interview Jack Nicholson and Arnold Schwarzenegger and these guys, they'd be like, you're crazy, but you were unreasonable. And you went and you just started hammering away, calling these, uh, you know, studios and finally you cracked the nut. And by the way, I'll, I can tell you exactly where I was when I called these studios. I was in the Surf City Hostel on <laughs> Pier Avenue in Hermosa Beach, California, about 30 minutes south of Los Angeles airport. Nice. And I literally had a phone book. Remember those phone books? Oh, I literally yeah, those had a big yellow or what? Yeah. <laughs> I literally had a physical phone book. And so I just, I mean, this is, this was in, uh, this was 2002 now, end of 2002. So I literally just was scrolling through and I would just see Warner Brothers main switch number. Okay, cool. And I had one of those pay as you go crappy cell phones at the yeah. time because I, I, they wouldn't put me on a plan because I wasn't a US citizen or anything at the time then or, or I hadn't been, I was just a tourist, you know. So I had these pay as you goes. And so I was very conscious of, how much time I would spend on the right, phone trying right. to reach the person. And I literally, I literally just cold called, but nobody, yeah. not nobody, but most people wouldn't do that. And I'm not no, saying, wow, no, I'm so, exactly. I'm not saying I'm so special or you should, wow, that's amazing, James. But I mean, it, it, it literally is, it didn't take long. It just took an hour. Like I just sat down and went, all right, for 60 minutes, I'll just call Warner Brothers Absolutely. Fox. You know? Absolutely. And then I just did it. Well, and my whole life changed because of it. Now I'm here talking to you years later about it. Yeah. Because I because I committed to taking that one hour. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's interesting to look at that story. There's so much to be said just for that little story and, and what it's done for you. Um, and you think about the idea of motivation and you're like, I just made the, de the decision to commit to this. Um, and as far as motivation goes, I was reading a recent article by this guy, James Clear, brilliant writer. I know James. Yeah, um, yeah great. really great stuff, man. And it's all research-based. And he's like, listen, the, the, at the end of the day, when it comes to motivation, it's really about when you get so uncomfortable with the current situation that it's more uncomfortable that you don't do something versus actually just staying where you are. So it's like you got uncomfortable to the point where you're like, you know what? I don't care what it takes. I'm doing this. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, and like these th- I'll tell you where the most discomfort comes. It comes from knowing that you should be doing something, but you don't do it. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's so uncomfortable. And 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 I call that the open loops. It's kind of like open loops. It's like there's something that hasn't been resolved, and it will just it will play on you. I mean, literally, I woke up two hours ago, and I had a couple of open loops in my brain, and it was causing me discomfort. And I, I, I like got up and I go, I got to close these damn loops. And so today I'm, I'm going to be focused on focusing on closing those loops. And they're not, it's not anything that if I don't close them, my life will change right. or everything will be a disaster or I'll lose money. It's just, if I don't close them, it will just eat away in my brain. It will eat away in my thoughts. It'll sap glucose from my brain <laughs> and just, and just, you know, slow me down. Yeah. Well, hey, you went from based on your your write up on your site from baked beans to uh, a celebrity <laughs> journalist. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that, I was 23 years old. I was living in London. I just moved there from Australia. The exchange rate killed me. Like every every pound, British pound, was like two dollars eighty Australian dollars. And I went through my savings really quickly. And I was sleeping on my friend's sofa in Shepherd's yep. Bush in West London. And and all I could afford was uh, these tinned baked beans from this supermarket called Tesco. And uh, I mean, it's sound, a lot of people like to romanticize these stories, like, oh, I was down and out, and then I caught yeah. my... But I'm literally, I was literally sleeping on a friend's sofa, and I was literally buying 10 pence, but tinned baked beans. And I remember I, my, I was 23, and I just started to sort of get some pretty significant facial hair and I was going for these I was going for these job interviews and I literally could not afford to buy razor blades to just sort of trip um to just make myself look a little bit uh nicer looking um because I just I couldn't afford it I couldn't afford to go and spend the four or five pounds that it would cost to get some you know some some razor blades so you know, anyway, we've all imagine, been there. Right? I couldn't imagine the stress. I, you know, I get nervous when I get to certain price points in my savings and stuff. But, um, geez, not having the money to buy razors, that would, uh, that would be rough. That would be rough. Well, now I just don't stressful. buy, now I don't buy razors out of choice. Now I just have, have a beard <laughs> <Just> going. <laughs> all right. So I want to tap into some other stuff based on your experience here. And I'm just curious, um, you know, you, you've got the entrepreneurial thing going on, obviously. And, uh, you know, you talked about persistence, motivation, all these things already. And, you know, you got products. So when it comes to, let's talk about Swannies, uh, your, uh, what do you call it? The blue Swannies, right? Yeah, Swannies blue light blocking glasses. Right, okay. Um, how do you come up, how do you start creating a product like that? So you've done digital products, but you've also mm-hmm. done now a physical product. Is the experience very, very different when it comes to creating an idea, bringing it to life and how you approach that? Uh, yes and no. So uh, I'll do it in chronological order here. I, I started the 30 day no alcohol challenge online program uh, two years ago this week, actually. And that's a digital product. And really, that was that was just born out of the fact that a lot of my friends and people that I met were very interested to learn that I didn't drink. Yeah. And so people would ask me about this all the time. Like, what do you mean you don't drink? Or like, how do you have fun? How do you socialize? I, I don't get it. <laughs> how do you have fun? <laughs> yeah. So I'd tell them. And, I, and, I, and then at one point, I just went, maybe I should create a program that helps people just quit alcohol for 30 days. Because so many people are interested in it. And so many people have expressed to me that they wish they could quit just for a little bit or take a break. But it's so hard because of social pressure or because it's just a habit. 
And so I just said to myself, in 30 days, James, I'm going to have this program built and I'm going to have it out there and offer it as, as a product. And so I recorded 30 pieces of content on my on my iPhone and it wasn't perfect, but it was just a minimum viable product. And um, 30 days later, I had a crappy website up and I, I said, $67, you can join the program and for 30 days, I'll send you a video every day to help you and hold you accountable so you can complete 30 days without drinking. And I made my first sale on day 30. And I was like, oh, well, that's great. Awesome. You know, and that was yeah. just going from an idea to creating a product and then making my first dollar selling it. And, and the idea around it was how can I help people with what I already know? So I already knew how to quit alcohol and right. stay quit. And so now it's like, well, okay, I'm an expert in that. I'm just going to teach people how to do it yeah. and turn it into a business. So. That was the process really for the digital product and that's an online program um, and it's it's evolved from there now and, and you can see it at 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. Yeah. The physical products business, Adam, really was, um, you know, I saw a problem of wearing really ugly blue light blocking glasses and, 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 and the idea came to me, I was, on a, I was at home in West Hollywood on a Friday night, I was wearing these ski goggles to protect my eyes. A friend of mine texted me and said, "We're around the corner at a restaurant. Come out, come and so come and hang out with us. I'm here with some girls. It'd be fun." And I'm like, "I didn't want to take the goggles off because I wanted to get a good night's sleep, but I sure <laughs> as hell didn't. I sure as hell didn't want to walk into a to a Hollywood bar and meet girls wearing a pair of ski goggles, right? So that so for me, the idea was, how can I put the technology into a stylish frame yeah, that? Yeah that I would feel comfortable going out to that Hollywood bar and meeting girls and, and having them look at me and go, oh, they're interesting. Tell me about yeah, those glasses. Yeah. And they don't have that now today. They don't have glasses with that kind of tint or whatever, the blue tint, I guess they did. And so is this, is this like... Well, they do. They, they, I do. Well, <laughs> I know called... you do. I know you do. But I mean, before you built them, that stuff No, they wasn't... did. They did have those glasses, but they were that they were, and they still are ugly as sin. They okay. still kind of okay. look like those safety goggles or those you know goggles that you might wear if you were at a gun range <laughs> yeah. or if you were if you were doing landscaping to protect your eyes from flying stones. Right, right, right. So, okay. So the, the point I guess I'm trying to make here is, is um, in both of those those products, um, it was a problem. The first one it was a problem I was tr that I had already solved, which was how to stay quit. From drinking and now I'm gonna teach someone else or other people how to do it and then with the glasses it was here's a product that I know works how can I make it a little better and a little and inspire me to want to wear you know a similar product um, ongoing so I can sleep better and then it was like okay if I can solve that problem for myself maybe I can solve that problem for another person and yeah. 10 people and 100 people and 500 people and so that was really how, how the idea came out of that product. And then in terms of the difference, I, I reached out to Chinese manufacturers. I, Over the course of six months, I had a few prototypes sent to my house in LA. I settled on a pair. I put in a minimum order. I sent them to Amazon. And then I put up an Amazon listing and I just started I started selling them. Wow, that's awesome. And, and so is it like, if you, was that like through Alibaba or how did you? Yeah. I literally, we lit, uh, when I say we, my youngest brother, Tristan, uh, helped me out with it. Um, we literally just went to Alibaba 
in um, which is a website where you can connect to a whole lot of uh, manufacturers, uh, particularly over there in China. Mm-hmm. And we just typed in sunglasses manufacturer <laughs> China, Simple and uh, a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff came up, and we just started reaching out to them. And That's um, awesome. and then I also, you know, I also posted on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, and say, hey, does anyone know anyone? who sources products from China, who could connect us to a manufacturer. And then I got a couple of leads that way. And then, and that was it really. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're having conversations over Skype or email with Chinese manufacturers. They're telling you what, you know, the minimum order, the cost, the price they're talking about. And then you just, you know, you just decide, you just go, okay, um, let's go with, let's do with this, go with this manufacturer. We'll put in a minimum order. On our case, we had to, we had to buy 300 units, um, Okay, we so had not them too, too bad. Not too bad. Had them sent over. We launched on um, Black Friday, two thousand fifteen, um, and we sold I think three or four on the first day, and then five the next day, and then six and seven, and just kind of kind of started increasing. And then we ended up selling out around Christmas, and then we were like, "Oh, damn! What are we going to do now? We don't have any other. We don't have anything else to <laughs> no sell." Stock. I had to wait two months to get to get the next batch in. So. Well, that's a good problem to have, I think, you know, um, and, you know, you started, sounds like you were talking about them before you actually got your first 300. So you kind of found out, are people interested in this? Well, I, I host, um, I host a poker night at my, at my home every two weeks here. And I just have a bunch of uh, guy friends who live around the area come and play poker with me. And so each time they would come over, I would give them the prototypes of the glasses and okay. just say, Hey, throw these on, tell me what you think. And some people would say, eh, these feel cheap and nasty. Other people would say, oh, these are great. These are awesome. Or uh, they're not very stylish. I probably wouldn't wear those. <laughs> and so that was really, you know, that was really my, where I got the initial feedback and how I, how I decided on, 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 you know, finalizing the, the pair that we, we currently have. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So now <clears throat> I guess uh, my next uh, area that I would love to understand more is, you know, you, this is all now that's your most recent stuff you got into um, you have to do some marketing and you got into sports center um, so I'm tying in the journalism factor that we mentioned earlier um, because I'm curious as a entrepreneur you know a lot of people who are listening here are trying to figure out how do I get more exposure how do I how do I get people to know uh, what we're doing and get our story out there being a journalist, do you have any um, tips that you might be able to share for people on how to navigate that and how to get some PR for their stuff? I mean, obviously, they need something newsworthy. If they have something sucky, (laughs) it's not going to work. Well, there's there's some things that you definitely should not do and some things that you definitely should do if you're trying to reach out to journalists or media to get them to talk about your product or you or your program or whatever it is. What you definitely should not do is write a uh, generic standard kind of like copy and paste press release and send out an email to a thousand journalists um, and say, I've got a great product. This is why it works. Blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, you, I would be surprised if you got even one response out of that. Okay. <laughs> but that's what most people do. And they like bang their head against the wall going, I don't understand why no one's yeah. replying to me. Um, what you should do is know who you are pitching. That means if you want to get on CNN.com and you have a health product, go to CNN.com, click on the health section, 
and read all of the health articles and look for the byline, like look for the name of the reporter or reporters who are writing the health stories, right? So let's just say, we'll use the John Smith example again. Let's just say that there's a, you're noticing by John Smith, by John Smith and by John Smith. And that's obviously a health editor or, or reporter there. So then what you would do is you would email or phone John Smith and you would say, hi, John Smith. I really enjoyed your article yesterday on, you know, paleo versus vegan. Yeah. Um, uh, well written. Well, it was a well written article, something like that. So right away, you're you're telling the journalist that you know who they are, and you're actually praising them for for an, an article they've already written. Because journalists love to be praised, okay? <laughs> and they love they love to be no, they love to know that their work is being read by people, okay? And then you speak in their interest or the reader's interest. You don't then say hey, I have a pair of blue light blocking glasses called Swannies, which help you, which help people sleep better. Do you want to write a story on it? Because now I'm, all I'm doing is pitching my product, right? Yep. So what you would say instead is, I thought, your, I thought your readers, so why are you, I thought your readers may like to learn how they can sleep better um, and how... Uh, an iPhone or, or elect, how electronics are uh, unknowingly disrupting their sleep. So you're talking about giving benefit to the, to the reader, right. okay? And then you say, you know, I'm somewhat of a sleep expert. I've interviewed people, blah, 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 um, uh, including uh, developing a pair of blue light blocking glasses called Swannies, which help people help you sleep better. Um, Happy to give you, uh, happy to give you any, um, you know, feedback or suggestions on, you know, developing a story on how you can teach your your readers to sleep better. Yeah. Um, now that's a good pitch, right? Because yeah. you've you've acknowledged the the journalist's name, you've spoken in the interests of the journalist and the journalist's readers, you've you've positioned yourself as an expert in this case, sleep. And then you've kind of towards the end, you've mentioned your your product. You don't even have to mention your product sometimes. Like you've just mentioned your product as a solution, yeah. you know, yeah. as a possible, as, as one solution amongst many. And, um, you know, it's an, it's a personalized, it's a personalized pitch. Yeah. Um, and, and do they, like, so if you pitch someone like that, do they usually ask for compensation to do that or do they normally no. take that on and just do it? No, 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 no. There's no journalists never get paid. No, no. <laughs> good, good independent journalists never get paid anyway. No, they don't ask for compensation. They may say no. They may not. They may not be writing yeah. a story about yeah. that. They may have already written a story on that, and that's okay. But I'll tell you, your chances of getting a response and your chances of them writing an uh, writing an article that mentions your product uh, go up exponentially if you do it that way versus just writing a, a standard pitch you know, about, oh, I've got this great product and blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. I get people trying to like get on my, my, my podcast, the James Swanick show all the time. And I get these PR people sending me saying, Hey, do you want to interview this author, the author of this book? We'd love to be on your show. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't care what you would love. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care what you want. I only care what I want. And so all they had to do was re rewrite the pitch and say, um, and, and by the way, when they pitch me, 
they they don't have they don't even know about my podcast. They've obviously just gone through the iTunes rankings, and they've seen oh here's a here's a podcast, and oh, let's just pitch this guy James you know James Swanick. Hey, hey uh, James Swanick, um, would you like to have this guy on your show? I think he'd be great on your show. He's just released this book. Let me know if you'd like to schedule an interview. And then it's like you know Christy whatever PR person, and I'm like. This PR person didn't even research my show, doesn't yeah. know what my show is about, didn't look at the last episode, didn't mention, didn't tell me why they liked the, sh the show or right. why it would be a good fit. Right. And I'm like, no, I just delete. <laughs> I, just, I, just, <laughs> Goodbye. I just ignore. But it, the moment someone says, hey, James, I really loved your last episode on this. Hey, James, I loved your Adam Force interview that you did the other day. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, I just had an idea for an, for another another podcast episode. I thought maybe you should interview this person. Right, you know? right, right. Now it's a world of a difference. Just just hearing you say it that way, um, I'm thinking about you know when people reach out to me, uh, you know, it's this, I, I get it. It makes total sense. It's a it's a, such a, a mild change, but it's a major difference in how it's received. Oh, it's massive difference. Put it this way, I, I just released my book. It's called 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge. Yeah. Um, and I'm now starting my press outreach to, to get, um, you know, to have me be interviewed on podcasts and right. uh, blogs and TV shows and things like that. I'll, I'll tell you how I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm having an assistant draw up a big spreadsheet of all the top podcasts that might be a good fit, okay? Um, newspapers, magazines, but let's just use podcasts as an example. So before we pitch them, I'm going to go and look at each of those podcasts and I'm going to listen to, you know, like a couple minutes or a few minutes of each podcast and just familiarize myself with it. And then I'm going to pull out my camera, my iPhone, and I'm going to record a video pitch. For example, for Adam, let's just say I was pitching you, Adam, and I didn't know you mm -hmm. and we were talking about you um, and I wanted to get on your podcast, which I already am on because we're doing this interview, right? But let's just say I didn't know you and I was going to reach out to you. I would record an interview and I'd go, hi, Adam, James Swanick here from the James Swanick Show. I checked out your, your uh, podcast. It's awesome. I really love that last episode you did with such and such. Really powerful. Yeah. Hey, listen, I know that you're, you're all about giving value to your listeners about how they can create amazing meaningful businesses um mm -hmm. i'd love to uh if you're willing if uh, i'd love to teach them how to reduce alcohol for 30 days so they can have greater clarity and thought and purpose uh, around building their business uh i'm the author of this book i'm happy to give it away to your audience for free yeah. i think your audience would love it and it'll help them because of this this and this um I love it. so yeah if that interests you if that interests you great if not no worries at all all good and keep doing what you're doing with change creator it's you know it seems like a great podcast and all the best right right and i'll send that in as a you i'll upload that as a private youtube video and i'll put it like uh put it in the body of the email and, and the subject line will be kind of like play video um or something like that and so then imagine how impressed you would feel if you clicked on a YouTube link and it said, hi, Adam, the first words were, hi, Adam, and you didn't know this person, you're like, oh, who's this guy? Well, like, you take the time to do that, too. It's like a whole other process. I mean, but it doesn't take that long. No, Does it but take it's still, that? it's that extra effort. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, I could, I could do, let's see, I could do 20 of those videos in an hour. Let's just right. say it takes, a, a, I mean, a two, two to three minutes per pitch, right? So you do one minute, then you see the next person so to actually record it you might just put in an hour 
and now all of a sudden you've got 20 personalized messages. Then you might either, you know, upload it yourself to YouTube or you have an assistant just take the time to upload it to a YouTube link and then you just, you send it. And then that might take another hour. Yeah. So now you've taken two hours and then maybe it takes three, you know, maybe there's an extra hour. So it's taken you three hours, taking you one morning or one afternoon to do 20 personalized messages to people. Um, let me tell you something. I, I, I'm going to, I will, I'm, confident that i will get 90 percent response rate return rate and i'm confident that if i get 50 percent of those people saying yes we'll have you on the show that is a massive massive win because now i'm on 10 now i'm on 10 people's shows with 10 different sets of audiences that i ordinarily wouldn't have yeah yeah and you mentioned subject line i'll play video now you don't mention like interview opportunity or anything like that in the subject line so they know well you can um i tend to like put the benefit in there like um i know i said play video but um i might experiment with that a little bit but for you it might be because you're all about helping people wanting to build a meaningful business right right right. so my subject line might be um um how to uh, how to build a meaningful business by quitting at, uh, by reducing or quitting your alcohol consumption. Right, right. You know, and then I and then and then um, you know the first the first words before the YouTube video might be um, uh, you know podcast suggestion or interview suggestion or maybe in the subject line it's interview suggestion and then it's how to build a meaningful business right. by reducing alcohol. Right. right. So you always want to have a little bit of intrigue. You also want to make sure that the subject line speaks to the recipient's, um, you know, so the recipient understands why it relates to them. So interview opportunity is on its own, I don't think is very good because it's like, oh, what's this? (laughs) But if it's, (laughs) yeah, but it could be like, you could be like um, Adam, attention, Adam Force, because everyone loves seeing their own name, right? So that might... (laughs) That might get you to open. Or you could do something little sneaky or tricky as long as you put a bit of humor about it. It's like, do not open this email. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> With everything, you just gotta you just gotta um you just gotta uh, experiment. Yeah. Uh, some yeah. some some subject lines get a higher open rate than other. But if you can always try and get the attention of the, re- the recipient and and, um, and do and do that in a way that speaks to them. Yeah. Not what yeah. you want, but what they might want. Right, right. I love it. That's all really great advice. So I want to be respectful of your time. And the last thing I wanted to touch on, if you have another couple minutes, is that cool? Sure, go for it. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we obviously have spoken before, and we were talking about your your two initiatives, the sleep and the alcohol that we've been talking about. Mm. Um, you know, you're already out there helping people. You're literally helping people get better rest, get better focus, um, you know, feel better about themselves, all these things. And you were still looking to tweak. You you really put me on the spot <laughs> last time we spoke to come up with ideas for how do you make it, how do you change the model to be res- more responsible and contribute um, a greater impact? Have you have you brainstormed and come up with any thoughts yet? I know we were thinking about you mm. know, making contributions to certain yeah. you know, charities and stuff. I'm just curious. Yeah, well, I was I was thinking about how I could uh, make a donation uh, from the proceeds of my 30-day no-alcohol challenge. And I was thinking maybe I could uh, align with a, you know, a, a water company or a company that, uh, or, or a charity that, that funds getting clean water to those communities in the world that don't have access yeah. to clean water. Yeah. And the idea that was that, 
you know, the more people who do the 30-day no alcohol challenge, the more those same people are probably going to be drinking a lot more clean water. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so I want them to be very conscious of the water they're drinking and to think of those who can't. So since we spoke, I reached out to, to water.org, uh, yeah. which, which is the charity that Matt Damon's mm -hmm. um, company, um, uh, the Hollywood actor, is associated yeah. with. And uh, I've since uh, got a response. I literally just went to their page and I sent an email to their yeah. generic thing. And someone has uh, has come back to me and we're scheduled to have a conversation uh, next week. So, awesome. So that's good. I, I And I literally put the subject line as partnerships, ongoing donations, support. Yeah, that, that will was, get a click. That will get yeah. a click. <laughs> and uh, I, I can actually read – I can read you the email that I sent them if you like because it's a good example of like, um, you know – how to speak in some in their interests, yeah, right? Sure, um, I think people would love to hear it. Absolutely, if you're willing to. So share. I just sent I sent it to Dev, which I guess is development at uh, water.org, mm -hmm. and I said uh, I'd like to donate money to water.org by donating a percentage of funds I collect from my 30 day no alcohol challenge members. So already there, Adam, in the first sentence, all I've said is I'm I'm willing to donate money. Who like who doesn't want to get an email that says they're hey. Can I give you money? <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then I just go, and then I just, uh, you know, I, I don't even have to go read the rest of the email because the first sentence is powerful enough, right? Like, um, it's just, I'm willing to donate money by donating a percentage of funds of my business. So straight away, someone's reading that and they're going, okay, great. And sure, I'm going to take not? it seriously. And then I go on to say, you know, I, I, I have the 30 day no alcohol challenge. I'd love to get, have, have my members donate more money. Um, more on me here. So I put my website. Yeah. Um, here's my contact details. And then I said, uh, P.S. I've I've met and interviewed Matt Damon um, several times over the years, uh, and now that gives a little bit of authority bias. So now anyone who's reading that, are you kidding me? Yeah. Now they're going, oh, okay, right, this guy's serious. And so, um, so yeah. And then in, and then someone from there uh, called Cat K A T has messaged me back and we've scheduled a call for next week to have a conversation. So there you go. There's an, there's an example of uh, just getting off your ass and just sending a message and writing it in the interests of the people, of the person that you're messaging and then getting a, a, a response. So, I love it. Um, and, then on the, and then on the sleep company, I haven't quite figured out how to, to donate to that yet but i've started by asking friends of mine um people like ben greenfield who's a who's a fitness expert and uh some other friends of mine on on how i can partner and sort of you know make my sleep business be more meaningful and and, and contribute to a charity somehow so still still trying to figure that one out adam Cool, cool. Well, this has really been a great conversation. So, appreciate all the insights and everything that you're doing, man. It's uh, exciting stuff for sure. You've got quite a life. Um, so, I want to give you a chance too, just to give a shout out. How do people find you? How do they follow you? Where do they get your products? I know you got multiple websites. Um, so, if you can give a little direction to people, uh, that would be sure. awesome. Yeah. Well, if you want to, if you want to take a break from alcohol and do the 30 day no alcohol challenge, I, you can just grab my book. It's a free, it's a free book. You just pay a little bit of shipping for me to ship it out to you. Uh, you can just go to 30 day no alcohol challenge.com forward slash book. Um, and you can grab the book there. Or if you just want to do the challenge, just go to 30 day no alcohol challenge. Um, dot com and then the Swanee's blue light blocking glasses. Um, you go to my sleep company. It's Swanwick sleep. My last name is 
Swan Week. So it's it's just S W A N W I C K Sleep dot com. You can check that out there. And then um, anywhere else, I'm at jameswanick.com. You can get me on Snapchat. I do daily videos from behind the scenes and Instagram, YouTube. You can you can find me there. Send me a, send me a message on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, guys, connect with James. He's full of awesome insights, as you uh, heard today, and has a lot of good things going on. So, James, thank you so much for your time, and uh, let's definitely Thanks, stay in touch. You know where to reach me. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it, mate. All right, man. Thank you so much. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. 